You're listening to Startup Acquisition Stories, a podcast featuring the stories of startup founders and buyers who have successfully gone through an acquisition process using Acquire.com, the world's number one startup acquisition marketplace. To date, Acquire.com has helped thousands of startups get acquired and facilitated hundreds of millions in closed deal volume. Here's your host, Andrew Gostecki. All right, I'm here with Guillaume, founder of Clearly, who recently got acquired on acquire guillaume how you doing today very good in yourself thank you very much for having me on yeah my pleasure so for those that don't know you do you want to give a quick introduction of yourself yeah of course so i uh, i started uh, in the music industry about a uh, 10, 15 years ago at this point, I started when I moved to Miami when I was 13 years old, I started working with a lot of musicians. And uh, so I was uh, organizing events in Miami and we had the different artists like Avicii come. And so eventually I it kind of turned into like a marketing agency. So at that point, I was working on uh, helping those musicians pressing vinyls for them and different little projects. So it kind of became a little bit overwhelming. So I was trying to work on the solution for myself to organize all this mess and organize all those projects. So that's when I built Clearly for myself. And then eventually that turned into pretty much working at AppSumo, but also having Clearly listed on AppSumo. And then eventually I started uh, working with uh, Damon from Testimonial.to in January and I went full-time with him then. Nice. So I got I got a couple of questions. I gotta I gotta pull it back out of that. Just yeah. out of my own personal Who is the coolest artist that you met? I'm I'm an Avicii fan. You know, recipe, yeah, okay. recipes. Um, and who is maybe your favorite art, artist that you met? So Avicii was by far my favorite one. Also, I've known him since he was 16 years old. You know, so I I was the first one that brought him to Miami. At the time, I paid like 400 dollars for the booking. No I mean, way. It was like a, yeah, it was a very small show behind the American Airlines Arena. So I rented out this club called Bongos and he was an ultra after party pretty much and so we just brought out a bunch of different you know smaller younger djs and then i worked with uh, steve duda grammatic and a bunch of different artists like that nice i remember when uh i believe we're recording on 18th i believe Avicii yes. passed away maybe today because i got oh, married wow. on the 22nd and mm-hmm. Uh, we played like a couple of Vichy songs at my wedding. Yeah. Uh, just it uh, was uh, around this time, yeah, because it was uh, close to like the festival season and stuff like that. So it was kind of on lineups and had to be removed from lineups. It was a little bit uh, unfortunate. Yeah, sad. Anyway, so um, tell me about clearly. What is uh, what is clearly? What does it do? Um, what what problem does it solve? Of course. So you know, it's pretty much a bookmark manager. So I had the, a lot of tabs open, and I was trying to organize all of it so that I can come back the next day and pretty much have a clean slate of tabs. So it's it's a bookmark manager that you can organize with different boards. So if you have multiple projects, or even you can organize it with work and your personal stuff. And so it, it's just a very simple Chrome extension that you can use and have it uh, within your browser and save bookmarks or access. You you could also do little notes and stuff like that. It looks beautiful. It looks like maybe like Trello for bookmarks. That, Is that kind of yeah accurate? yeah so you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we had, a, you know, a lot of people are copying each other these days and kind of uh, shipping the same exact thing. But what I did is our competitor was uh, Toby at the time. So it's kind of like one tab also where you save bookmarks, but it all goes into one very long and extended column. So you, it's, it, it makes it really hard to find something like two years down the road. So I, I was using it myself, but it just became very crowded. So I tried to organize, I, I was using Trello at the time. So I was like, okay, can I do something around organizing this? in a Trello aspect and you worked out that way. Nice. So you saw, I like how you solved um, a personal problem. I mean, I have like my bookmarks, they're all at the top of my uh, yeah. Chrome, <laughs> but I do it where they're a little 
bookmarks, but it's only one letter. So I have literally yes. 30 of them. So I could probably use this product. Um, how did you get, you know, the first customers for it? Yeah. So it's, uh, I think, he, you know, a lot of people will probably say something like launching on product then, but that was slightly after. What I first did is I went on like uh, places like Indie Hackers. And I'm not sure if they do that at the time uh, today, but at the times they would give you the email of the user when you'll go over their profile. So I'll try to find relevant people that were kind and helping others. And so I, I pretty much cold emailed them, you know, and so that's how we got the first, you know, like 100 users that then helped us out with the launch. So it was not like just launching with nobody using the tool. So he, that, that was really helpful. That's literally, cold email works. That's literally yeah. how I launched, you know, MicroQuire and Outquire, just cold email people, <laughs> exactly. users. Cold DMs too, you know, and like all those, but I like kind of targeted cold DMs, not, you know, somebody that I knew could benefit from the tool that's willing to help yep. others, you know, may need that early on. Like that's what I was trying to find. Sometimes you need that, you know, in the beginning of a startup, just hustling, just reaching out to people, asking if they try it out, get feedback. Well, That's funny awesome. enough, during the acquisition, actually, somebody messaged me telling me that he was one of those people that got the email many years ago. So I was like, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, like some people are still around helping. And we actually do have users from like three years ago, you know, so that that that's that was probably a good sign for the acquisition tool, you know, to see people still using the tool and not everybody churning within two, three months or something. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, if, if the the one of the buyers was a customer, that's always a good sign. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. So let's let's um let's let's move into that. Um so you you build clearly it's doing well, it's it's profitable, it's solving a, a clear problem and it's a beautiful product. Uh what made you decide to sell it in the first place? Yeah, so you know, I think with, with software it's it, it can be a little bit tricky sometimes where I started to see that my input of effort was not kind of bringing the output that I was hoping for, you know, because I don't find myself to be this great, amazing startup person or this and that. But every time I'll put in, you know, a month of hard work, the income was still very slim. And so I was struggling to, you know, keep putting in a lot more effort and kind of not really taking it somewhere, you know, and not that I don't, I don't think it has value, but I don't think it was a project that I wanted to focus on for the next five years. For example, it was time to move on to another project and maybe the other team has either bigger goals for it or even smaller goals on their own. But at least I, I wouldn't be, you know, putting five hours of work on it, but then the output is kind of like a one hour-ish worth of output. That's a smart way to think about it. Yeah, because a lot of people get stuck building stuff for years when they, exactly. they lose passion and they just keep going and going. And sometimes the best thing to do is just sell it and move on, move on. Like if you're not waking up, you know, stoked to work on what you're building. Exactly. And that's, you know, it comes down to also the buyer that I found, which we'll get into a little bit, you know, but I found the indie maker kind of buyer, you know, so it's like somebody and we'll talk about it, but I retain like a 10% ownership in the product too. So it's a little bit like I'm still there to help them with what I've seen, you know, the things that I've seen work and the things I've seen not working and stuff like that. But I'm not there on the day-to-day hoping for the biggest outcome possible. I'm just there to help out. Oh, so you retain 10% during the of the business? Mm -hmm. Oh, so you still have like a vested interest in the Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just really trying to help them make sure they get the most out of it, you know, kind of avoid, because I've still been working on it for about five years. So it's this way of, you know, you will help them avoid and waste time on a bunch of things that probably won't move the numbers or things that I've already tested myself, those kind of things, you know. That can be a great way to just de-risk an acquisition for buyers is saying, yeah, I'll stay around for any issues that might pop up because every startup has some bug and it's like, how do you fix it? And for you, it's like, oh, just 
delete that line and or you know two second fix and then and without you it's like a two-day like exactly uh, and, and you know i feel like they're already grateful for that because i've already helped them with a couple like uh, you know tricky server switch this and changing the email for that and I, I go all the way with oh here's the exact template that i use you can just copy paste it on your new account this and you know instead of all starting everything from scratch you know so i think they're grateful for that that's so important just goodwill with buyers when you're exactly selling the business and finding ways to because acquisitions are risky and so if it's i always say it's not like handing over the keys to a car there's parts of the business that you may not discover in due diligence and it may not be until six months something comes up and just being able to contact the founder just for simple questions and the only way to achieve that is building you know goodwill so let's move over to um okay so you you list on acquired what happens in the first week yeah okay so there's a little funny thing that happened which i'm going to mention now because he is gonna probably come up a few times but i actually listed uh, clearly about two years ago maybe you know like just around the corona time when it all started and uh, what happened is i got a lot of messages but i was not focusing on trying to sell it so all the conversations kind of died down so then i came back to you guys about you know two months ago three months ago or something and that's when i really went out at it and really try to sell it this time the goal was to sell it somewhat as quickly as possible so i kind of had to rebuild the connections you know like because all those conversations people had already bought something you know so um i kindly reached out to your team and asked them to uh, potentially be featured in the email again because I, I i noticed that that's what got me a lot of messages so you know about uh, two weeks later or something like that i was scheduled to be featured in the email and overnight i pretty much got you know like 15 10 15 different messages and that kind of kept on growing after that and uh, yeah we just started a bunch of different conversations and i was kind of aiming for people that you know like the conversation seemed a, a little chill somewhat you know <laughs> and not too uh, trying to get into too specific because it was still on the smaller side of acquisition so I was kind of looking for somebody that understood that and I was not taking it extremely seriously too so that's how we started nice so how did you how did you find the the buyer and also yeah. when you when you listed three years ago that might have been me like who did the list I don't oh know. you did everything you did i was talking to you by email you created the whole thing you edited the description a little bit you lowered the price which was actually a good move because i was like i think like five thousand above ten thousand above or something like that and so you know you helped helped out with all those things to really have us be something that looked clean on your marketplace too you know like not just another listing that looks all messy so that was really useful i think yeah those are those are uh fun and let's call them painful days because yeah, yeah, I'm sure I, uh, I was doing <laughs> I've said it a few times support listing cleanup newsletters but anyways um okay so um you got a buyers that, a bunch of buyers that just reached out mm-hmm. um some of them aren't giving you the right you know vibe or you know personality that you want to work with which is important yeah. because again you're going to be working with this person through due diligence transition all that fun exactly stuff. how did you land on the buyer um who eventually acquired clearly yeah so uh to just since we talked about that i retained the percentage i i that wasn't the plan at first right so i was not necessarily looking for that at that time so I was just looking, you know, for somebody to have a good conversation with. And so I kind of opened all the LinkedIn profiles, kind of looked at what they were doing and all that stuff. And so I had pretty much three buyers in mind. So we're going back and forth and I was, you know, potentially trying to go through some of the 
the upside and like the major downside stuff, you know, like trying to just get all of those out of the way. And uh, at that point, we pretty much retained still those three people were still very interested. So I kept having more conversation with them. And then I kind of waited down to two people. And then I negotiated with those two. And one offered well, right before that, I, I really was filling it with one of the person we got on a few calls and stuff like that. And you worked out great. So then I, uh, that, that's when I tried to negotiate a little bit. And that, that person offered 10%. And also i had a good feeling from them as he was like an indie maker and stuff like that so i had a very good feeling about it nice i mean that can make all the difference too just like you know kind of give and get and that 10 percent, you know is a sizable portion of the business it's something you've spent years building so i assume you have some sort of everything i've built i'm you know attached to in some way uh yeah. so just <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a great way to incentivize both parties where you'll take the offer. And then for the buyer, it, again, a de-risk it where any issues pop up, you're here to help. So yeah, awesome. it, it worked out great that way. And I think, uh, you know, finding the buyer was actually a very interesting process because you guys, <clears throat> you guys make it very easy with the funds verified with the LinkedIn profiles, all that. So we can, you know, do a little check at least and make sure that you, when you go with those three people that you're going with the right three people at least, and then you can kind of go from there. Nice. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. we. Yeah, of course. We've added quite a bit since three years ago. We didn't have any of that three years ago. Okay. So you, you and the buyer agree on, on terms. Um, uh, how did due diligence go? Um, quick, easy, hard? Yeah. So what we did is we we did it in a couple of steps. You know, we we first started. I did a Zoom a Zoom call with like a screen sharing. You know, where I was pretty much sharing the like the database, like how the backend works, the Google Analytics stuff, and kind of going over some numbers just to make sure all of it was because you could technically like in screenshots these days you can change any information that you want. You know, so I was trying to you know have them see that it's all real and live numbers and stuff like that and. So we just went over that and then on their side, because are you referring to the escrow process or not just yet? Uh, both. Well, due diligence yeah. and transfer and escrow. You, we can just talk through that whole process. Yeah. All right. So then the, the escrow process was not, was not as fun. <clears throat> so what happened is... Uh, I registered on microacquire.com with my clearly email, but then I was trying to use my personal email with escrow. And so those two e pretty much created an issue where the two were not syncing together. And so I had to contact escrow and then that took a little bit of time. Then he had to verify his information. So unfortunately the escrow process actually slowed down things by quite a bit, but you know, aside from that, it was very simple. Like the actually going through the, inf the required steps, you know, like uh, verifying your information with them, and sending out the, um, uh, the you know, the I think it was just a password sharing stuff. So just sharing that, all of that was a fairly easy process. Just the verifying email. Definitely recommend making sure you use the same email as your acquiring account. Nice. That's, that's good feedback. And we actually are working on a escrow upgrade. We're calling it like escrow V2. I saw this morning uh, upgraded escrow, right? Yeah, because, you know, the interface on escrow can be like situations like that come up. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're, we're giving it a, a huge upgrade. So by the time this podcast comes out, it might be out. I'm pretty excited about it. Well, that, um, that's really nice. I think uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think, you know, I think for a smaller acquisition like me, buyers will really like a buyers and sellers will appreciate it. You know, I think escrow will be extremely important for higher acquisition, obviously, but our side, like the size that we were going with and how I was already trusting the buyer is even in California, somewhere nearby, we could have almost done it in person if we wanted to. And uh, I feel like just going through a acquire that come for myself and him would have been just as simple. 
possible and it worked out just as well. Nice. That's great to hear. Well, I'm glad the acquisition went well and you found a great buyer. It sounds like you're still in contact. Um, yeah. Thanks to you. you. You guys really made it easy. You know, the, the, the amount of buyers actually, like at the one point it was like 60 or something, you know, it was, it's very busy. It's, it, it's very good what you guys are doing. Well, if you, if you build a good company and you put it on there, I've, we've, we've seen some wild stuff. Yeah. Right? And I'm sure like you had suggested the right price too, you know, like kind of combining all those together makes it that obviously you show up in people's filters and stuff like that. I'm guessing. Yep. That's absolutely correct. Lots of people are kind of just crawling, acquire all day long, especially since your business is, you know, great product, profitable. Uh, you know, that's something a lot of buyers are interested in. So congrats on building it. Congrats on Thank you um, very much. the acquisition. I guess, um, you know, my last question would just be, my ass is on, you know, every podcast I do, but uh, if you just had to give, you know, two or three like main tips to founders looking to sell or get acquired, what would they be as they go into the acquisition process or during the acquisition process? What were your biggest learnings? Yeah, of course. So I did took, uh, take a couple notes actually to try to make sure that we'll go over some good ones. Uh, so let me just go through them. Okay. So the I think the screen sharing was a very nice thing to do and that, that worked out very well. It brought this sort of trust with the buyer. And I think that was a good thing and that they appreciated. Uh, I think the escrow process, making sure that you have the same uh, email, I think is a very good one. And it's very simple. You can just avoid that issue uh, and then sharing growth ideas you know the the sort of um, things that we had in mind for for the the things that we didn't implement the things that we wanted to build the things that i got pretty much estimates on you know like uh, building an iphone app uh, th this sort of stuff and kind of you can put in a little bit of information about those sort of stuff and uh, yeah if you uh, i think that's it has to be da -da -da, good call. yeah that's about it yeah oh, and if you could negotiate if you started like me and kind of listed slightly below to get some offers you know the time to negotiate if you have your three good buyers that seem very interested you know nothing stop you from at least sending that one message about trying to get a tiny bit more before closing yeah no i agree with all that especially uh the growth opportunities too because most people buy startups to to grow them and no one, <laughs> yeah exactly no one has better growth ideas than you know the person who built the product, you know, you've been living in it, you've been building it, you've been talking to customers to sharing that, even the bad stuff, even the stuff that didn't work or stuff you haven't tried. Um, you know, yeah, all we those... discussed a bunch of features that I tried to ship and kind of remove from the tool, you know, all those so that they kind of scrape it aside in terms of, oh, we shouldn't grow that way, you know, and focus on those things. And I think that'll be useful for, because technically they could buy, they, they bought it already, but they could technically focus on it for the next three to six months and already resell it for more money. I know that's not exactly their goal, right? But it's, it was all set up in a way that's easy for them to take over it, grow it and make it more valuable. So I think if we have it set up that way, it's kind of a win-win for everybody. Yeah. It's like you're handing them a product roadmap that's already, yeah, exactly. like, you know, you know, tested with customers, the feedback and all that good stuff. Well, that's, that's again, congrats on the, the acquisition. I guess final question. Thank you. Andrew. Um, uh, what are you, what are you working on now? Um, full-time yeah. testimonial or anything on the side or yeah no so i'm trying to do the opposite this time i think i've listened to a lot of things about actually kind of freeing up your time being as valuable as working on things you know so i'm trying to free up my time but also just go full-time on testimonial and kind of mentally full-time you know like also like when i'm walking my dog i'm still thinking about it you know so kind of just trying to focus on one thing and not be too diversified for the time being and eventually i'll work on something else but for now just trying to focus on this one thing and grow it as much as we can nice. 
nice. Well, I'm, I'm a, uh, we were talking before we started recording. I'm a big fan of testimonial and we're, we're customers. So I'll put a link down in, in the show notes. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's really nice to have you guys as users. You know, I, I see all the, the your very nice wall of love. So many nice people saying good things about Acquire that come, and I'm really not surprised. So yeah, we, we're that. glad to have you as a user. <laughs> well, thank you for building it, and uh, tell tell Damon I said hi. But um, <laughs> yeah, of course, he he was excited to get the the microphone for this interview. So hopefully, people can hear me well. <laughs> yeah, we're. Do you care if I share the one story about uh? Damon. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. So Damon, the founder of Testimonial, he was on Twitter and uh, maybe when Damon sees this, he'll, he'll comment. But um, <laughs> I was just scrolling through Twitter and he had this like quit in public goal. And he was like, I need a thousand more in monthly recurring revenue. And I just bought like five plans or something. This was like two years ago. I can't remember. Uh, and then I was like, all right, you got to quit your job. Go all in. And <laughs> well, it worked out very well for him. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. It's, it seems like it. I'm, I'm really happy for him and you. And so. Um, Thank you very much, Andrew. You know, it's, he's been doing that for a long time too. You know, he actually bought clearly on AppSumo himself to support me back then. You know, so he himself has been supporting people for a long time and he, he's been really, really nice to work with and very, supportive in the industry in general so it's been really great and we're very excited for all the things we we're shipping you know there's so much that we're doing <clears throat> that's a little bit outside of the indie maker stuff like the wall of love from twitter and g2 and product and now we're kind of going way beyond that and focusing on e-commerce and bigger agency stuff so there's so much to do and we're very excited about it it's a great product it's all <laughs> thank it's you all very much pain point. so if people want to um learn more about your story or maybe follow <laughs> you online uh where can they find you yeah, of course. So it's uh, Guillaume Bardet. So it will be my full name on Twitter. And then based on that, I guess that'll be the best place we can chat there. You can send me a message if you're listed on the choir and you have a little question or something. And probably the team will be better to reach out to. But if you have a simple question about a Chrome extension, I can help out. <laughs> sounds good. I'll put all that in, in the show notes. Well, congrats again that on sounds that great. And, uh, thank, thank you very much, Andrew. I'm really grateful for the platform you've built, you know, because I'm kind of expecting maybe to use it again in the future or recommend it to friends that will then they'll be getting their first acquisition. So it's, it's a really nice thing to have in the market for everybody like us. And I know you guys are doing big acquisitions, but even for smaller people, you know, just trying to build something and sell it and benefit from that. So it's, it's really nice. I appreciate that. Thank you. Of course, Andrew. Thanks for coming. And thank you for podcast. having me on the yeah, thank you very much for having me on. It was great talking to you. My pleasure. All right, cheers, my friend. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Startup Acquisition Stories Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, make sure to like and follow on your preferred channel. If you know a friend or colleague that's thinking about selling their startup and don't know where to start, please share it with them. For more information on acquire.com and how we can help you start conversations with serious buyers with acquisition targets ranging from 50,000 up to 50 million or more, check us out at acquire.com. We'll see you next time.